it's almost like you're a friend. Like I sometimes say that I'm not in the people department, I'm in the friends department because (laughs) it's like you're their friend. You're their point of contact. You're their person. Uh Uh-huh. feel like I can rule the world. I know I could be what I want to. Uh, above all, be yourself all the time. Let no one tell you what you can't do. Hey, everybody. It's Brian Dare, and you're listening to the Build Joy Podcast. And we're excited to be back after a bit of a break. It's great to enter back into the conversation around building joy in your workplace. And after a series of just thought-provoking conversations with Patty Condon, our CEO, I'm excited to introduce to you today our HR generalist, Marina Minko, who joined our company this past year and just has a lot of inspiring thoughts around how to build a culture where people will thrive and goes into her fascinating story of how she was influenced in various ways to just think intentionally about HR and really bringing people joy and helping them find purpose in their lives. You're gonna love this one. So without further ado, let's get to it. Here we go. Hey everybody, it's Brian Dare and you're listening to the Build Joy Podcast. And I'm really excited today to be with Marina Minko. And uh, we're, she is our HR generalist at FBC Remodel. And uh, she has a really fascinating story, and we're just super glad to have her on the team. Marina, thank you so much for being with me today. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Well, Marina, I want to dive into your story, which is relevant for uh, how you got into your career in HR and all those things and what brought you on to our team here at FBC Remodel. So let's get into your story. What would you say your origin story is or uh, what is your background? Uh, tell us a little bit about growing up and, and what brings you to Denver. Yeah, definitely. So I am originally from Latvia. Um, it's a very small country. It's in the Baltics. Um, the city is Riga and it's pretty much the only capital, like the only big city in the country. So, um, you kind of grow up knowing everybody, you know, not only your neighbors, but pretty much the entire city. And it's, it's kind of crazy. And, um, so when I was 15 years old, I had the opportunity to come to the U S and, um, my half sister, um, who is, Um, my sister from my dad's first marriage, she moved here also when she was 16. Mm -hmm. And um, she's about 20 years older than me. So she stayed here and she got married. She had kids. So um, I kind of had the opportunity to come here and stay with her um, while I finished school. And her and I never had a really great relationship growing up. Um, but you kind of, when you're giving the opportunity and the other person is very on board, um, and you're 16, um, I kind of just went with it. I said, why not? Um, well, of course, at first I had my doubts because it's a pretty big move. You leave your family. I grew up with just a single mom. I never saw my dad too much growing up. Uh, we hung out about every every Saturday, but I I lived with my mom and I had my friends, I had my family and um, it was, um, but it was at the time, it wasn't really um, 
that big of a deal to me to just move across the world. I guess maybe because I was 16 and I just didn't know what I was getting into yet. <laughs> um, but my sister was on board with it. Her husband was also, and they had two little kids at the time. And um, I just decided to make the move. So I came to the US and I stayed with them um, for four years total. So it was a big change. Um, as I came here, I realized that it's been a big change. It was kind of like an eye opener. I moved across the world and I was like, holy crap, I'm across the world. Mm -hmm. And at that point, um, I've always been like a go getter. So it was never like, there was never a doubt as to should I move back? I miss my family too much. I miss my friends. Um, so I just kind of went with it. And um, at first it was okay. At first I enjoyed it. I went to um, this private school because my nephews were going to that private school and I joined them and um, they were like, um, I think two and six at the time. Yeah. Um, and they were going to like, um, I'm not sure in the US it's called, it's called uh, elementary, I think. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Uh, we have just different names for that. And I went to 11th grade um, here. So I finished basically two years of high school. Um, at first it was great, but then um, my sister and I started having like our differences and which was fine. I kind of sort of expected them, but then um, it started kind of to blow up a little bit. She would, um, she wouldn't let me go anywhere. And mm. I was, when I was growing up with my mom, she was very trusting. She was like, you go do your thing. And in Europe, everything is walkable. So you can walk anywhere. Mm -hmm. And yeah. my mom was like, you go do your thing. And, you know, um, she was very trusting, but it came to the point where my sister wouldn't like, she wouldn't let me hang out with my friends. She would, she would be like, we need you home. Um, and then I started dating this guy in like high school and then she wouldn't let me hang out with him. And my mom never had a, an issue with that kind of stuff. So it started to get a little weird and I wasn't used to it. But then in my head, I was like, oh, maybe, you know, maybe she, she just cares for me. Maybe she's just very cautious because after all, I'm not her child. Um, but then it started to get a little more like Cinderella, like, um, it would be like, <laughs> yeah. it would be like, uh, you know, like you can't see your friends because we need you to watch the kids. And then, um, it progressed to like, we need you to do all of the house chores, like, which was fine. I'm there to help out. But, um, then it w came to the point where it seemed like I was a problem. Um, I would hear her and her husband like talk about like, oh, she's a burden. Like, do we really want her here? I would like actually overhear that kind of stuff. And then I'm like, well, crap, do I want to be here? <laughs> um, yeah, if the people I'm living with like don't want me here. But I was I think I was too much of like, um, like I had to focus like I came here to finish school, like I came here for a reason. So I didn't tell my parents about any of this. Neither my dad nor my mom knew what was going on. I'm like, I'm just gonna thug it out because I'm here. And uh, I've always been a positive person. So, um, and then we moved houses and then 
I feel like more responsibilities fell on me. And at the end of four years, I almost felt like I didn't even have a life on my own. Mm-hmm. Um, I lost myself completely. Um, both mm-hmm. my sister and her husband started drinking very heavily by the end of those four years and kind of like progressed. Um, and then at the end of four years, I pretty much was like a mom to those two kids, what it felt like. I was spending all the time with them and I was doing all the chores for them. Um, I, you know, I didn't have many relationships like um, friends wise and stuff like that. I was dating a guy at the time that I was finishing high school and um, I didn't see him as much as I would like to. And there would be times when I would like come come back home after hanging out with him and my sister would be like what you might as well go live with him now because like you don't give a shit about us um and it's like it was it was very much mental abuse for four years um she would uh say bad things about my mom because again we had different moms she would say bad things about my mom and if I would try to stand up for my mom it's like I was the enemy um, she would constantly just bring me down and just, just, you know, it was like very much like mental, mental games with her, mental abuse. I um, couldn't say a word ever. I felt horrible when I would go hang out with a friend. So by the end of like high school, I really didn't hang out with anyone. Um, so yeah, so then by the end of four years, um, it just like got like, so bad that one night um they got really really drunk and they said well you gotta go um and I didn't have anywhere to go besides uh besides my boyfriend's house at the time that I was dating in high school so and it was actually around the time that I was getting my very first work visa Um, It's actually been already two years since I've been in college, but I went to a community college, so I still like lived with them and pretty much did everything for them. Didn't make any friends in college the first years of college because again, I wasn't really, not that I wasn't allowed to, but every time I did, it was like, she wouldn't talk to me. It was like like, it was like silent treatments and it was more chores on my plate all of a sudden. So Uh, yeah, yeah, and um, so yeah, so that's already been two years. So I finished two years of high school living with them and then two years of community college living with them. And um, then after that, I kind of got my work visa. So by the time that I, she already knew that I was getting it, um, they were like, well, we don't see a point in her anymore since she's going to be gone all day working. So what is she going to do for us? So... And one night they just got really drunk and they said that you got to go. And I went and my bless my, my, uh, at the time boyfriend's parents, they actually took me to live with them for two months until I found my own apartment and moved out. So that's the story of how I ended up here. <laughs> wow. That is so fascinating. And, and, you know, you and I have talked a little bit about some of the elements of that story, but I didn't know all of that. And, and I appreciate you you discussing that i mean as you were talking about the you know coming to a new country everything's new you know new friends if you can make them if you're allowed to make them right. new new place to live new school um you know 
new new language than what you're you know you're used to speaking. Um, how, well, also, I'm curious about that too. Uh, how 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 good was your handle on English when you first came here? It wasn't very good. Um, I could hold a basic conversation, but like I I struggled. My teachers would like they would like a new foreign kid. They would want me to speak up and introduce myself and. I would right. just get the biggest anxiety doing that because I couldn't like I couldn't fully like talk about myself or anything else. So it was right. tough at first. But when you speak a certain language every single day, all day, then yeah. you kind of you yeah. just learn. <laughs> <laughs> right. So you adapt to the new language as you're as you are forced to. Yeah. So, I mean, there's so there's so much there. And when you when you think when when all of us think about what our teen years were like and what getting into a new high school is like for all of us, you know, you add into that a new country, a new household, and then all the pressures that you experience with the kind of seemed like almost cloistered environment they wanted you to be in. Um, that's, that's an incredible amount of, of, of stress there. And, and, so how old were you when they when they just in their intoxicated state said you need to yeah. move on? Uh so I was I was 20 years old. So I came here at 16, so that was 4 years later. I was 20 and it was actually over text cuz um the, oh, the guy the guy I was dating at the time um the high school boyfriend, he uh it was his birthday. And we actually went out for his birthday and um, they just got mad, I guess, that I went, I left. So they just texted me and they said, hey, by it was a Friday. I remember it to this day, it was Friday. And then they're like, by Sunday, you need to get your stuff and move out. Wow, okay, that's, uh, that is something else. All right, so you move in with your boyfriend at the time. And did you say you were in community college at this time? So I had just finished community college and applied for this work visa, um, which is actually, I think, why they never actually said it. But I knew them well enough to know that they were just like, we're, we, we, we can't we don't need her anymore. She's going to work yeah. all day. So who's yeah. going to watch the kids? Who's going to clean the house? Who's going to do this and that? So, um, yeah, so I had just graduated community college. I, they were not in my graduation. <laughs> they, um, you know, so I just graduated and that's when I was applying for a work visa. I had just gotten my work visa and I was looking for jobs. Okay. So, so that was right in that zone. Mm -hmm. You just gotten your work visa. Uh, you're looking for jobs. You were no longer useful. <laughs> they kicked you Correct. out <laughs> of, uh, of the, of the house. Um, and then, so you had just graduated from community college, and then you went on to university after that, right? Yes. So after I worked for that year, I got my work visa after two years of community college. I got my associates in human resources because I've just known since the first year of that community college that I wanted to do HR. So I got my associates. Well, I said human resources. They really didn't have specifically human resources. So it was like business management and HR was like in the air. In the, yeah. Whereas my um, bachelor's degree, then um, I got an actual HR. But after my 
one year work visa ended it actually i was trying to extend it but then COVID hit so they canceled work visas so i would have actually extended it but um but i couldn't because of COVID. so then i had a choice after i worked for a year i got my experience in hr um i had a choice to either go back to school or go back home because i had to keep a title here in the us because i'm not a citizen still and um, it's very complicated like you have to you have to have a title here at all times and i wasn't about to after all i've gone through i wasn't about to go back to europe like i can't just give it all up so i went i went and i i went to university of south florida and finished my bachelor's in human resources so you had so you said you were always interested in uh, human resources early in the process what what uh what got you interested in that topic it's actually really funny i always knew that i wanted to work with people mm-hmm. um my dad used to be a ceo he had his own company in um in latvia which like right before the recession he then sold super smart businessman but um uh so i always knew that i wanted to do business and at the same time i always knew that i loved people um working with people and i never like knew if there if there was ever a job for it i never was that kid who like looked too much into it like my friends were like i want to be a doctor i want to be this i'm like i don't know what i want to be i just know i want to be in business and i just know i want to be with people so my first before my very first semester at the community college um i went to my student advisor and i was like I don't know what I want to do. I'm like, I know I, I want to do business. I know I want to work with people. I don't know the title. Like, I don't know what I want to get my degree. And she's like, okay, I have a very simple quiz. Take it. And it's supposed to tell you like the perfect job for you. Yeah. So I took the quiz. Yeah, I took the quiz. And number one was human resources. And number two was marketing. So I actually said, let's do marketing. But then at the, at the same time, when I walked out of that meeting, I'm like, that was a mistake. I'm like, I literally HR just sounds like the perfect one for me. So I just went back and I switched it to HR. Okay. Oh, very nice. So you had some experience in HR. Of course, you're being trained in HR when you're in university. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was able to kind of develop your thinking around that as well. Mm-hmm. And of course, you've been in HR here at FBC Remodel. Having been in it and done it, what what do you really love about it? Literally, just people is my favorite thing about it because um, when you're in human resources, you don't work with any clients. You just work with your group. Of course, you work with like outside companies um, and stuff, but that's very different than serving clients um, that come to your company. Um, I just love the aspect of having this group, this team that I'm very close with, getting to know them um, individually, being able to help them individually, and just being that point of contact. It's like almost like it's almost like you're a friend. Like I sometimes say that I'm not in the people department, I'm in the friends department <laughs> because it's like you're their friend, you're their point of contact, you're their person. And I think that's what I love most. I just love, because people people have like a certain kind of view of HR as in like, they just yeah. watch how you dress and they watch how you talk, but it's really, you're just there for them. You're, you're, you're there for work problems as well as non-work related problems. And I just love, 
I just love my team. Yeah, nice, good. I want to tap into that a little bit because, you know, when you think about HR, unfortunately, especially if you're in these like big corporate environments and you think about the the HR team, there there is this, there have been HR people I've run into in the past that are surprisingly not great with people. <laughs> um, and they can have this persona sometimes and this is the, the it's the running joke like the office kind of H, hr with toby where they're just the police of of the of the office um and how how would you, having having this fresh look at hr being involved with hr and and taking what you just said about the importance of the connection with people that you focus on what 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 is your take on how HR has developed this re reputation that it has, and what would you say is the way to correct it? Well, I think that the reason that this entire view of HR as police developed is because that's how it used to be. Um, people like people used to just like people in HR departments just used to police their departments, their team, and um, which is, you know, in a way you kind of have to, but also you don't have to in a bad way. Um, you, of course, there's rules, of course, there's legal issues that you have to be aware of, but there is a way to be aware of that and watch for that while still being a team member and a friend to your team. And so I feel like just presenting yourself in a way that, hey, like, sure, like I'm watching out for legal issues and making sure that everybody's okay. And, um, you know, there's still a way to be like, I'm still your friend, like still come to me, still talk to me whenever you need me. Um, the previous job I had in human resources, we had about 500 employees in the company and, um, our HR generalist, Corinne, um, I just loved her so much. She was that HR representative. Like people just loved her. People would come into her office, close the door and just vent to her. And they would say anything they wanted and she would just take it all in, give her advice. And she had very much of this like motherly HR persona that I just loved. She made sure everybody was okay. And if there was any conflict, she would, resolve it in a very professional way but she was that person you just wanted to talk to her you just wanted to mm -hmm. um yeah. go to her and you trusted her um so i i just learned so much from her and i was like that's that's the hr representative that i want to be for the rest of my yeah. life yeah that's so good as you're talking about that it's, it reminds me even though hr has this you know bad bad rap and I've run into individuals in HR that that fit the 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 negative description the person I know uh outside of the role I have right now um that is that I that I, that I know within HR and she I consider her a close friend she's in her 70s uh her name is Jean and she used to be uh she's retired now but she used to be in HR uh, in waste management, so really large company, and I think she was, I'm not sure precisely what her role was, but I think she was high up in HR, 
in this very large company. Um, and she was that kind of person too. I mean, the kind of person that you could just, uh, if you were talking with her, uh, you would discover within 10 to 15 minutes, you were sharing your life story and all your griefs and woes. And she was just kind of absorbing that and being this source of positivity and encouragement. And um, so she def definitely fit that, that role as well. But that's, that's, awesome. that, that's yeah, yeah. So I, I just, she's one of, she's one of the individuals in my life I, I most admire. Um, and it's funny, she, the, the last time I met her, she was dropping off meal, uh, wheels on meal, meals on wheels for my neighbor. Um, and Aww. she just happened to roll up and, uh, hey, Jean. Um, and, and, and she had time for a while, but, uh, but anyway, so she's volunteering. We need yeah, right. <laughs> she's, uh, she's volunteering her time now, but, but, uh, but anyway, I appreciate all that. One thing along the same vein I wanted to talk about is I know something that's very important to you, even as you were looking for this post-university role, um, looking at FBC remodel, and also an important part of the conversations around HR that, uh, that you and I have and that the team has is around culture. So this idea of company culture. Um, what this is a big topic, and it's almost unfair to ask a question like, "What's important about culture?" But I'm curious to hear about that. When you were, when you would say, "Here are some of my say top one, two, three elements of culture that I'm looking for uh, when it when it comes to a company that I am thinking about joining or that I want to implement as an HR generalist," what would be on that list for you? Yeah, definitely. So this is actually a really important topic to me as well, because when I was at University of South Florida, we had an entire class on company cultures, and mm -hmm. I just learned so much that when, during our first interview, when you brought up company culture, I was like, that's the place. I was like, that's it, because nobody ever brings it up. And it's important. The fact that I just brought it up at all, yeah. Just, just the fact <laughs> you even brought it up, like you didn't even describe it yet. You just brought it up. I'm like, that's it. <laughs> But um, yeah, I think I think um, the ability to just tell each other like what we how we feel, that's so incredibly important because I feel like so, so many companies have just so many people who are not liking each other or having something bad to say about each other, but they won't go straight to that person and be like, Russ, let's resolve this. Like, let's talk about this. They just talk crap and then nothing comes out of that. So I feel like being able to talk, being able to express how you feel, being able to express what you might like, not like and um, what offends you or what works. I think it's just so important to be open and that's one of the things I appreciate most about our office is we're so straightforward. We're so open yeah. with each other. And um, just at the end of the day, I think that like a team, they all need to be friends. Because if you lack that friendship aspect within your team, then you're going to lack a lot of other things. Because like if you think of having a friend, you you vent to them you listen to them vent you tell them when you think they're not doing something right and vice versa and they do the same with you and um, at the end of the day you're there for them and you love them and they're there for you so i think having that friendship aspect is so incredibly important within a team so that's why i encourage um 
very much like when a new team member comes in, like talking to them and just just telling them as much as you can about yourself or others and having the little team outings, even in office, if you all gather and talk, I think that's just so incredibly important because establishing that friendship Mm -hmm. um, with new team members and existing team Uh, members, just having that friendship aspect, I think is the most important thing in a culture. And we mm -hmm. most definitely have that, which is what I appreciate about FBC the most. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate that. You just touched on something um, just a moment ago, and of course, you've you've been with um, you've been here at FBC a little while now, but it wasn't terribly long ago that you were coming uh, on board new um, new new city, new job, new new uh, new experiences. You're of course very familiar with that, as we discussed earlier in your story of having everything just be new. Um, so you're 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 in the position in your life where you would be very sensitive to someone who is coming on board to a company brand new and establishing those relationships and establishing those potential friendships in their first few days. How would you advise a company that is saying, "Hey, I really want everyone that's coming on board to thrive as best they can?" that onboarding process, what would be some elements of HR or people, friendship, all those things that you would say are important for a company to establish? Definitely. So number one, I think is what we already do is when you when you meet a new hire on the day that they start, you show them the entire office, you talk to them, you establish that very first connection because that's the first connection they're getting. So being as friendly, as open and welcoming as you can is just so extremely important because that's that's my first memory of coming at, to FBC is you showing me the entire office, sitting down with me, then we had lunch and, you know, just being like, I am your friend, like I'm your point of contact. Like we just recently had a guy start Lucas and um, he already, he would come to me already on the first and second day, like to my desk and like ask questions. Like he wasn't afraid because like, I want to establish that like relationship of come to me like I am your person like don't be afraid like mm -hmm. I am your friend here um so I think that's so inc incredibly important and as well as um making them feel welcome we do onboarding boxes which I love so much um we do a handwritten letter and some some gifts like we do a couple of t-shirts a couple of books and the yeti cup so that also is just so amazing to me and um we have Wednesday meetings. So during the very first Wednesday meeting, we always call out the new hire and be like, hey guys, like if you haven't had a chance to meet them yet, like this is this person and they started on Monday and we get a chance to talk a little bit. I think I would love to implement more like team meetings around the person that started. Mm -hmm. I would love to have like a, a sit down, the entire team sit down and we yeah. solely focus on getting to know that person and that person getting to know us. I would love to mm. do more of that. That would be great too. But whatever we already do, I think is just so amazing. And like I said myself, like I have amazing memories of starting at FBC because um, I had you, the point of contact that 
met we that met me at the door showed me everything said i'm here for you and other people came up to me and said hey like if you ever need anything i'm here so i just love the culture that we have yeah thank you for that and while we're on this topic of like being new to a job and the onboarding process let's go a little bit earlier in that process based on your 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 training and your experiences and you know you you have a lot of uh, relational experiences that you're very, very sensitive to that. When someone is interviewing for a job and they're looking for that next perfect position, maybe they're maybe they're deep in their career and they're making a change or they're early in their career and they're looking for their first you know, post-school job, um, it can be a temptation to, to think, I'm trying to get this job, and so long as I pass the interview and they offer me, I'm going to take it. But, you know, you learn that the interview process is not just for the company interviewing you. You're also interviewing them and making sure that this is a company I actually want to be a part of and that I'll thrive in. What would you say are some things that that individuals should be looking for when it comes to company culture, when it comes to potential red flags, when it comes to, hey, this is some place you'll do really well in or not. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think, I mean, you're completely right. Like we, like, I mean, interviewees uh, pick the place just as much as the place picks them. So I think, I think the person who's interviewing you would be your start. I think just looking at what questions they're asking and, at, with how much passion they're describing their company. I mean, I interviewed for a place before I interviewed for FBC. Um, the the person who was interviewing me actually told me how tired she is and how overwhelming her job is and how busy she is and she like doesn't sleep at night. I'm like, you're like this, I'm not sold, pass. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so I think I think just like the way they're describing the company, the way they're describing their relationships. I think asking questions too, like tell me more about your company, because ultimately, like it is the place you're gonna be at from nine to five or whatever. And I think it starts with a person who interviews you, how passionate they are um, about their own company. And uh, just doing as much research as you can. I mean, all the resources are out there. Um, so do your research and make sure that this is a place where you do want to be 40 hours a week. Yeah. All right. Cool. While we're on the topic of interviewing, I was the first one that interviewed you here. So I happen to have a privileged position of knowing you're a skilled uh, interviewer. Uh, what kind of advice would you give to someone who's wanting just to prepare well for interviews? Of course, you, you discuss some things of, of things they need to be looking for. That's really important. But just being prepared for the interview, interviewing well, what are some things to keep in mind there? Definitely. Um, positivity is my absolute number one, because um, if you are just sad and you're not happy, you might not be the first choice um, because um, it's like it's not it's not the it's not on the company to make you happy. Um, the company is there to support your happiness, but ultimately, just being being content with where you are and where you're going, I think, is super important. And I think um, also asking a lot of questions. I mean, is just 
are you really interested in a company if you if you aren't asking any questions if you're not eager to find out more so preparing that is extremely important and um just um being as thorough as you can and putting out your best qualities because everybody has I'm sure a list of good qualities. So put them out there and let the person who's interviewing you know, like, hey, this is why I'm amazing. This is why you want me. Um, so I think confidence too. Confidence is huge. So being confident in yourself, like, I want this job and this is why you want me. I think that's a seller as well. Yeah. All right. Great. Good. When we when we talk about um Again, when we talk about getting into finding kind of your your passion and your calling and, and you knowing early on that it was in this HR vein that you were headed uh, with your career, I want to I want to dig into that a little bit more uh, if I could. First, the first question I have around that is when you do you recall, did you have any kind of visions or dreams of what you wanted to be when you grew up when you were five, six, seven years old? Yeah, so. I, for a while, when I was a kid, I wanted to be a flight attendant because mm -hmm. I loved flying. I loved planes. And I was like, oh my gosh, there's no better job than literally working on what you love so much. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, it was never like my passion, passion. I never like, never like went around telling everybody I'm going to be a flight attendant when I grew up. I was never actually that kid who knew like a lot of my friends in like elementary or whatever growing up, they're like, when I grow up, I want to be a doctor. And, um, and now they are, I actually have friends who like have always said they want to be a doctor and they want to be this and that yeah. and they are, but I never was because I think I was so concentrated on just being a kid and having fun. I never thought about it. When I was 10, I watched this movie called Confessions of a Shopaholic. And um, I just fell in love with the main actress and she was a journalist. And that's when I was like, when I grow up, I wanna be a journalist. So at 10 years old and for literally about like three or four years, I stuck to the fact that I'm gonna be a journalist when I grow up. Um, but then kind of, I, I realized that I, I, I want to do business, like I said, and yeah. and then I started yeah. thinking more about that. And it wasn't actually until that quiz that I took my first semester of uh -huh. community college that said HR is your best job that I said, yes, I want to do HR. <laughs> so at least one piece of advice would be take take a solid quiz. That could be that could be helpful. Honestly, it was a game changer. Yeah. Like the quiz yeah. at HR. I said, OK, sounds good. And here I am. <laughs> <laughs> if if you had any advice for your younger self, or if there's anyone listening uh, in that that is in that developmental stage of their career, what kind of advice would you give yourself? Um, when they're like deciding what they want to do with their with their yeah yeah, and of course that can that can start at five, or it can be revisited right. as they're like in their senior year in university. So I would say think about things that you love doing, like what you already enjoy and think about some career moves that you could make based on what you already enjoy. Because when I had that quiz result that said HR slash marketing, um, I was like, I was like, I already love business. I already love people. Um, 
I, you know, law is very actually interesting to me. Like I had a class, um, class in USF that was about like employment law. That's super interesting to me. So, um, so yeah, so I just like looked at all the things that went into HR and I was like, I love all these things. So I'll take it. So I think thinking about what you like genuinely enjoy, like if you enjoy drawing, like take a leave and be, be an artist. Like if you enjoy music, just go make a beat and go make a song and see where that takes you. And I think just like thinking about like interior design, like if you love interior design, like just take a course on it and see if you like might make it a career. I think it's just so important to love what you do. So think about things that you already love doing would be my advice. Yeah, Yeah, that's good. That's good. I really appreciate that. When you've had a lot of experience kind of like upending, um, experiences throughout your throughout your life and you're you're just really familiar with everything changing uh how how would you say those different life experiences affect um your view of of success your view of what the next step is your view of uh what you're supposed to do with your life yeah i think um it's always important to be true to yourself because people have opinions and people are going to say oh that's not going to be the right job for you I mean I've had family like I've had family members and people say like do you really want to do this um so I think people I mean people will have opinions and um they're going to be negative and they're going to be positive and I think it's important to go through life knowing yourself, knowing what you want. Cause I'm not going to lie. Like during those four years, I, I kind of lost who I was. I I didn't Mm -hmm. know what I wanted anymore because I had so many negative opinions thrown my way saying, you're not going to be good at this. You are going to, you suck at this. And it's like, it's important to keep your focus and be like, no, I'm great. And this is what I want. And this is what I'm good at. And this is what I want to pursue. Yeah. Very nice. Good. All right. Well, as you as you look into your future and as you look into what what our kind of company purpose is, building building the most joy for the most people, that's our company's purpose. But of course, that's easy to uh, apply to anyone's life and journey. What are what are some things you're hopeful for as you head into the future? Um. Probably like I like what I just mentioned is probably just staying true to myself because mm-hmm. uh, because if I all of a sudden um, don't think that I'm in the right place, I'm not saying career wise because I love HR and I love what I do. But if I I'm starting to notice um, myself disassociating from the joy that I have already built for myself. I think okay. taking a step back and reflecting, maybe journaling, maybe making a list of what where am I at um the seven f's also are great like they're what what were the seven f's their fitness their financial Since seven of them it's gonna be tough but yeah it's, it's the life domain yeah fitness financial family um mm-hmm. uh yeah we haven't talked about it yet on, on the podcast but, yeah these, these, but the seven... these big life domains that you are seeing okay where where am I weak or strong and where do I yeah. need to fill these a lot more but yeah, yeah. it's just it's in, it's in those kind of fitness family friends faith. um yeah. faith 
Uh, yeah, yeah. So I think I think reflecting on that too is like very important to like, am I am I really getting the most joy out of this life that it can be? Am I am I really happy? I think reflecting is so amazing. Um, the TED book that we read for work, the um, um, the power of TED. Yeah. The quote was, "Life lessons can be lost if you never pause." It was probably my favorite quote mm -hmm. out of the TED book. And um, I just, I, I think that it's important to stop and reflect and be like, am I truly happy? Because if you're not, it's so easy to be like, this is where I'm not happy. This is what I'm gonna change. And uh, it's all in our own hands. So I think reflecting and making yeah. sure that you are um, living at your best potential and getting the most joy that you can out of life. Yeah, oh, that's so good. And I think that's a great place to to wrap up on. Marina, thank you so much for your time today. It's been a real pleasure and a lot of fun. Thank and we really appreciate you. your insight. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure. Yeah, we'll get you. Like I can do the world, yeah. Like I can do.